Hello and welcome to the Ferret Paradigm podcast. My name is Nairi and in the background you might be able to hear some beautiful ASMR of my dog Freya chewing on her plastic bone. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> um, you might also be able to hear my ferrets running around. Um, and if you're here, you'd also be able to smell that they've had a poof party for some reason. I'm recording this just as I've got home. And they all stink. I do not know what they were doing, but clearly they had some opinions on it. <laughs> um, so this is another rerun episode from the Stolen Our Hearts podcast I used to run. And it is titled 13 Things for New Ferret Owners. Enjoy. Sometimes people shouldn't get ferrets. Sometimes life isn't fair at all. Welcome to Stolen Our Hearts, Episode 2, the podcast about ferrets and other exotic pets. Today's episode is just a short episode about the kind of people who should or shouldn't get pet ferrets, depending on your point of view. Like always, this is just my opinion. I will say here though that there are often exceptions to what I'm saying. Um, it's not a definitive rule. There's always exceptions. Um, but these are definitely things to consider before you get a ferret. Um, and there's also not a full list. I could go on about this for many episodes. And I will be expanding these in future episodes. But you know, this is just for beginners. Um, people who haven't yet bought their first ferret. Preferably. Just to get us started in the series, I'd hate for you to be listening to like five episodes before you realise you shouldn't be getting a ferret. The first thing to consider, and I'm sorry about my dog rolling around behind me, you might be able to hear her playing, is that um, if you're getting a ferret, you need to be okay with meat. I'm not saying vegans cannot do it. I know several vegans who have ferrets who are fed meat, but they need the nutrients from meat so organs muscles bones blood and from several different animals not just one species their bodies aren't made to get these nutrients any other way they can't get it from plant products or fruits and vegetables and eating fruits and vegetables and plant matter um, does have an effect on their body um, in the ferreting world, uh, this statement can be seen as a little bit controversial, um, but I do not feed kibble to my ferrets. I feed a balanced raw meat diet. Um, if you need to learn how to make a balanced raw meat diet, please go to Holistic Ferrets. Uh, it's a forum and a Facebook group and you can find a mentor there who will help you get the right proportions of the meats that you're feeding to your ferret. Um, I'd hate for you to be 
listening to what I'm saying, say, hearing me say, feed your ferrets meat, and then just going and feeding them some mince meat beef or something like that, um, because then they're going to be malnourished. They don't have the right balance of nutrients in just raw beef mince. Feeding a balanced raw meat diet is really the best way to feed your ferret, from my experience and understanding. But um, please don't kill me, raw feeding community, for saying this. If you are unable to do that yet, or for whatever reason, and you choose to feed your ferret something that is not raw meat in a balanced diet, in Australia you can get a vet and zookeeper approved um, supplement called Carnivite. It's recommended by my vet. And I know not everyone's going to agree with me saying this. I'm very sorry. But it's a um, it's a supplement that is a powder. And vet keepers, vet keepers, zookeepers in places like Monato Zoo in South Australia use it on their, um, their carnivore animals meat so that they can... Um, not have to worry about a balanced raw diet since they're not in the wild. Um, you can mix that with your raw mince to make sure that they get the nutrients that they need. Um, uh, Carnivite is from Wombaroo, which is the brand of um, native animal and baby animal food that is available in Australia. So they are um, from my observation a reliable company that is doing the best that they can for the animals that they care for and I wouldn't recommend or even think about recommending any other supplement you can't just chuck I don't know calcium powder into mints and expect that that is good enough um, because it's not <laughs> there are just so many other nutrients that a ferret needs uh, just a quick edit to make sure it's 100% clear. When I'm talking about supplements, um, it's not as good as a raw diet. It's just a stopgap to go between um, if you cannot yet do raw feeding. Okay, still totally recommend raw feeding. Just a disclaimer. <laughs> and if you absolutely insist on feeding a ferret kibble, make sure it is one with an extremely high meat percentage in it. Uh, lots of them have grains or peas or something like that listed on the ingredients as the first ingredients. That means it's the highest proportion if it's listed first. Um, it needs to be good meat filled kibble if you're going to do that. Um, some kibbles that even have a picture of a ferret on the front are basically extremely bad for your ferrets. They will give them um, kidney stones, malnutrition, um, bladder stones, a increased likelihood of various cancers and organ failures. Um, unfortunately, from the evidence I have seen, um, with ferret experts and very experienced ferret owners um, any kibble that has any peas or grains in it 
or fruits and vegetables do have an effect on the ferret so that is something you need to weigh up yourself um, I want to make it clear that by mentioning kibbles and supplements I'm not saying that that is my first choice in what to feed a ferret I'm not saying that should be your first choice in what to feed a ferret I'm just saying that there are different circumstances and I would like your ferrets to get the absolute best that you can provide under your current circumstances so again holistic ferrets go and check it out another disadvantage for feeding your ferrets um, kibble is that they tend to poop a lot more the poop smells a lot more and also their fur is coarser less soft and also they smell a lot more so that is a very convincing argument even just from that so yes that's my controversial comment for the day just please be aware of what you're feeding your ferrets and do your research and don't just believe what the kibble companies tell you so um, it's up to you but I really recommend that you look at the downsides and upsides of your diet that you're feeding the ferrets if you're not willing to get up in that um, at least in a small way then I really wouldn't be getting a ferret if I were you the second thing is you need to have compatible you need to have compatible not compatible pets um, I wouldn't be getting a ferret if I had pet rats or mice for example unless they were kept in a private room or by themselves without any access to the ferrets it's just not fair for the rats or mice um, they'd be scared the whole time that they're going to get killed by a predator in a similar way you might not want to get a ferret if you have a very prey driven dog or cat third thing you need to be okay with poop <laughs> it's gross but unfortunately ferrets um, most of them do not fully do not fully litter train uh, so you're going to end up with poop on the floor um, or on your things or all over their cage <laughs> depending on the ferret um, you're going to need to clean that up um, <laughs> and other people in your house might find that pretty gross you also need to observe their poop um, poop is a good indicator for any illnesses or issues that the ferrets having and if they're not pooping that is a very very bad sign so you need to look at and touch poop fourth thing flooring you need to consider the flooring that you're housing or letting your ferrets live on um, some ferrets like my naughty naughty Trixie likes to dig at carpets especially near the doorways ferrets often don't like being locked out of a room so they'll dig at it thinking that they can convince you or maybe somehow magically dig through the floor um, this means they might wreck the carpet they might also poop on floors uh, if you've got hardwood floors or fancy soft carpeting you, that's something you need to consider especially if you're renting you might not be able to rent a house and have a ferret unless you're considering the flooring this is an example of an exception I had landlords obviously do not like it when your ferrets 
wrecked their floor. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was renting. Um, we had three houses that I had ferrets in. Sorry, four house, four houses I had ferrets in. Um, and unfortunately, the ferrets did poop on the carpet. I managed to have it steam cleaned afterwards. So you just have to have uh, preparation and good cleaning products and preferably tiled floors. Fifth thing. People who get ferrets should have access to a good ferret vet. This can be tricky if you're in a small town. Um, though I suppose in small towns the fer- the vets might have a wider experience and not just in dogs and cats. Uh, but in cities, often vets will look at a ferret and honestly have no idea what they're doing. Uh, so there are often mistakes made. So before you get a ferret, try and find out if you can have a good ferret vet near you. Sixth thing, speaking of vets, vets cost a lot of money. <laughs> um, they cost even more for ferrets and it really depends on the kind of vet you're seeing um, in some of the less affluent areas of my city. Vets can be less expensive than in the rich areas. Um, but yeah, ferret surgeries and illnesses cost a lot of money. So one of the things you need as a new ferret owner is lots of money. I hate to say it, but it's true. I'd suggest having at least a few thousand dollars in savings per ferret before you get the ferret and keep adding to that savings because if something horrible happens to your ferret, you want that money to be available as soon as possible. You don't want to be going out and, I don't know, putting up GoFundMes when your ferret is in a critical condition. Also, I haven't been able to find any pet insurance that covers ferrets, so that's something to be aware of. Seventh thing, you need to consider how you're going to dissect or um, otherwise make it so your ferret doesn't have babies. Um, I get my ferrets dissected and spayed. Some people get theirs implanted with a supralorin implant. This um, makes it so that they're infertile and it also brings the boys out of rut which is so smelly like you really want to do something about your ferrets um your boy ferrets and their desexing needs <laughs> um hobs when they are in rut smear <laughs> um their disgusting things all over the place um and the smell, all oh, the smell, it's so bad. Um, and girls, as I mentioned on the previous podcast, they can actually die if they're in heat for too long and nothing's done about it. So dissexing or spaying or implanting for the boys, you can get them vasectomy, but that doesn't um, necessarily make them infertile, unfortunately. Sometimes, um, apparently it grows back or it's just not done properly because, I don't know, the ferret vet wasn't cutting the right thing. I'm not sure how it works. We'll have to ask someone about that. But I've definitely heard that story a few times lately. Um, And it doesn't get rid of the smell, as I said. And girls, one option is 
not one that I would do unless I was an experienced ferret owner is to leave them intact and let them be mated by a vasectomy top. I wouldn't recommend breeding unless you're an extremely experienced ferret owner with lots of lots of support systems around you. Um, it's extremely expensive, especially if something goes wrong. And there's just so many things that can go wrong. It's just so sad. Um, you don't want to lose your girl. It's just not worth it. There are also just so many things that can go wrong with the kits, the babies, um, malnutrition, deformities, stillbirths, deaths. Oh, it's it's really horrific. Um, so yes, very experienced to be a ferret breeder and you need to have all sorts of policies and missions and a belief that you're breeding to um, to improve the species, not uh, not to make money. You're not going to make money from ferret breeding. Eighth thing. This one might be a bit controversial. I believe that before you get a ferret, you should make sure you have a way to keep your ferret at the right temperature. Um, for me, that meant only moving to houses that had air conditioning. In uh, two of the houses I was in, two or three of the houses I was in, it didn't have good air conditioning, but we um, got portable air conditioners, not evaporative. It was, no, one was evaporative. And one was a misting fan and one was a, a refrigerated air conditioner. So... We got a portable air conditioner and we put them in different rooms of the house that the ferrets were in, um, either that the cage was in or that they were playing in, and we made sure that they stayed cool that way. Um, in Australia, it's just really not fair to leave them in potentially 40 degree heat. That also includes having your ferrets outside in a tin aviary, for example. Uh, those things heat up. It's like leaving a pet in a car you just don't do that you have to think ahead about how you're going to keep your pet cool that might be misting fan it might be um, bringing them into your bedroom on hot days really think about it before you get the ferret it's very serious they will die from heat exhaustion personally I don't like to let my ferrets be in anything more than 28 degrees Celsius if you live in England and some parts of the US this might not be such a concern for you, but it's just definitely something to consider. They're much better at handling cold than the handling heat. Ninth thing, you need to have plenty of time to play with your ferret. This doesn't necessarily mean actively playing with your ferret for a full four hours a day, but it does mean letting them out to play and entertaining them and interacting with them um, at least some of that time. If you're working full time and have children and, I don't know, lots of hobbies and things you have to go out of the house to do, uh, I'd be reconsidering getting ferrets as a pet because though they're in a cage, so you can, well, they're usually in a cage, so you can get them out when you want to and you can get them out of any time of day or night. Um, you do need to have some time set aside for them. Uh, my three are let out of the cage for quite a few hours every day and they just sort of roam around free um, and interact with us. Uh, we've ferret proofed the house so um, 
they're not really in any danger though we still always supervise them. Some people they put them into a playpen area to play in and I think that's pretty good. Uh, it means you don't have to be actively there the whole time they've got their playtime um, but it's definitely good to interact with them for a while every day. That's one of the things that there's definitely exceptions for so don't hear me and say oh well Nari says that I can't have a pharaoh because I'm working full-time and I've got children. No don't, don't hear that um, just think about it please. Tenth thing a ferret owner should be okay with the concept of being bitten. That's a full episode in itself. <laughs> Just be aware that ferrets might bite you. In fact, you almost definitely get bitten by a ferret at some point in your career as a ferret owner, especially when they're new to you um, because they don't know you. So if you have children, uh, be very aware of that, um, that children's skin is delicate and ferrets might bite them so you have to learn how to hold a ferret how to interact with a ferret um, how to avoid being bitten and you need to tame your ferret not just in general but for each person because they get picky about people when they're babies they do a lot of nipping that's just how they interact um, it's perfectly normal for a ferret to bite another ferret and they don't realize that we're different um, they just see us as a friend and they don't understand that our skin is a lot thinner than theirs and the kind of bite that they can bite their best friend or their sibling is not the same kind of bite they can bite your foot with so you will need to do some nip training and you may even need to do some rehabilitation like I had to do with one of my ferrets who'd been abused I recommend getting not a baby ferret for your first ferret baby ferrets are full on <laughs> 11th thing you need to be willing to do some research and maybe join a ferret community or continue listening to this podcast I'll be sharing all the information I possibly have over hopefully many episodes new information comes out about ferrets every now and then also best practices are to be learned on many different sites I like holistic ferrets um, yeah, so get involved with the ferret community um, and get learning. Twelfth thing, you have to be okay with not having a perfectly smelling home. Even when you clean the ferret cage daily and air out the house, ferrets do have a slight smell. Uh, some people say a big smell. It depends on your own nose. Um, I've sort of gone nose blind to it. Some people absolutely love the smell of ferrets. Um, some just absolutely cannot stand it no matter how clean the cage is. So maybe try and get around a ferret before you get a ferret. See what you and your nose is like. You also really need to check if you're allergic to ferrets before you get your ferret. So go to a meetup, go to a rescue, go to someone you know who's got ferrets and give it a good sniff and see if there's any reaction. <laughs> also get anyone you're living with to do the same thing because I hear so many stories about people who get ferrets and then whoops their daughter's allergic to ferrets. Thirteenth thing. It's completely vital to find or make a ferret proof play area for your ferrets. Um, 
You need to make sure they cannot get into dangerous areas or escape the house or get to other animals, perhaps. They also need to not have any access to anything that is dangerous to them. So yes, that's my brief list of rules, <laughs> or guidelines rather, about things that you should consider before getting a ferret. Um, if, not, if some of this doesn't sound acceptable to you, I suggest looking at another kind of pet. Um, all sorts of different pets are fantastic, as we'll be discussing. So yes, please do consider what I've said. I do just want to add an official disclaimer here that I'm not a ferret expert. I'm still learning and I am still asking lots of questions all the time, as you should be too. <laughs> I just want to share what I've learned so far and share my love of ferrets. Thank you for listening to this oldie but a goodie, I hope, episode of The Ferret Paradigm. If you're interested in other exotic pets, um, come and check out the... <laughs> Freya just sneezed. Come and check out Fauna Paradigm. And you can come to our webs and you can come to my website stolenourhearts.com. Oh my gosh, now she's got the mouse. Ah This is what you get for trying to podcast about pets with pets with you. Um anyway, come over to the website. I've got a whole bunch of links of different communities I'm running, different programs. Um yes. And if you'd like to be interviewed, send me a message. Awesome. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.